Hello and welcome back to the third and final bonus episode of the Littlest Papcast. I am your host James and today we are doing a bit of a season one retrospective. So what does this mean? Well, uh, I'm just gonna go over my thoughts and feelings on the how this podcast turned out and how um how the show is in general and uh yeah i will usually be doing this for every season hopefully (laughs) things change but um for now uh i have a short list of questions that can have some really long answers depending on how i want to do it and then just go into season one as a whole so uh My first question I've prepared for myself is why did I start the podcast? Now, you you may have heard me say uh, this is the reason the podcast exists or this is why I'm doing the podcast. But uh, to get an exact reason, uh, that there are multiple reasons that I feel like just all culminated in me doing this podcast. Uh, for starters, uh, I just think this is a show that needs to be talked about. It's a strange and interesting show. And I didn't hear like too many people talking about it, although... I could have gone looking for that, but, I mean, no one else has done, like, a recap podcast of The Littlest Pet Shop, so I decided to just do that, because, like, like, every episode has something in it that I feel I can talk about for an extended period of time and as the podcast went on it seemed that time only extended (laughs) we'll get to that but like i just think it should be talked about because like it's it's this weird outlier of a show where, like, it's not great. Like, I wouldn't say it's great. I wouldn't say it's, like, as good as, like, Gravity Falls, for example. But I wouldn't say it's bad either. It's, like, I mean... It's I, I it's not even fair to say that it's middling cuz like I mean there's some really good stuff in here some really good stuff like actual genuine good stuff but then there's also some eh stuff like there's not even like a lot of bad stuff exactly well okay i guess i can't get around it anymore i can't talk about why uh 
this show deserves to be talked about without getting into my opinions of the show as previously demonstrated. So, yeah, so in the first bonus episode, a friend of mine pointed out that, like, because I plug a lot of headcanon into it to make the show better, in my opinion, it means I don't like the show in general. Uh... That is simply not the case because if I didn't like this show, I wouldn't be doing a podcast about it. There are aspects of it I like and sometimes love even. But, like, it's also just ridiculous. The show is ridiculous. And... It almost revels in that ridiculousness, but it also goes into some serious stuff. And it's hard to, like, balance the two. And I guess I just appreciate the effort it gives. But, like... There's some just weird stuff in this show. Like, my opinion on this show is complicated. And maybe just doing the podcast uncomplicates it. And it kind of has. Because, like, it's forced me to, like confront why I think this show is ridiculous instead of just seeing it as ridiculous. And, uh, like, I guess as to why it's ridiculous, I already went into that, because it's, like, trying to mix two contrasting elements, and it doesn't exactly work. It, like, Both aspects are done well when it wants to be ridiculous, it gets ridiculous, and when it wants to be serious, it gets pretty dang serious, but there's no cohesive blend between the two, and that is a problem and worth talking about. So back to the original question of why this podcast exists. Uh, well, another thing is that I think it helps me in a way. Not only, like, confronting my thoughts on the show, but just, like, in general. Because... Uh, I'm not someone who, like, speaks entirely well. It's, like, really hard for me sometimes to think of, like, what to say. Because, like, I know what I want to say in my head... But words just don't come to me. 
it's like I have the exact concept I want to express, but I need time to build the words. And I'm also not terribly confident in my speaking. So I figured that by like talking into a mic for like an extended period of time every week, like those skills would improve. And to some extent, I think they did but I can still do better because I have not recorded a podcast, an entire episode of the podcast on one continuous audio track. And sometimes that's because I cough or burp or something else comes up. But other times... It's like I get stuck and I just like pause for like a good 30 seconds and like that's not good podcast content if the only person who's on it does not speak for 30 seconds. I mean, unless I'm doing a stinger, but I mean... That's a uh, that's intentional. It's not like I don't know what to say anymore. It's I know exactly what I want to do. I just need to wait and lure you into a false sense of security. So, another reason I'm doing this podcast is to bring some joy into the world. I know that's kind of hokey and said a lot, but I don't know. At the same time, I'm a hokey kind of person who kind of believes that stuff. Like, there's a lot not so good things happening in the world today. And, you know, I just want to produce content that you know people can just come in once a week and just listen to and just forget their troubles even if it's for I don't know an hour or less or maybe just a little bit more as of late (laughs) so there's that reason as well so all of those reasons like culminate into like doing this podcast and uh now you know the reason this podcast exists so let's go to a different question so how and why did the podcast change so You may have noticed that, like, at, like, the very beginning, I could sum an episode up in, like, 20 or so minutes. That has since just about tripled to, like, being an hour long. 
at most. Or it can go, like, it's somewhere between 40 minutes to an hour. And, uh, you know, part of that is a little unavoidable. Because, like, when you have, like, when you're talking about a TV show and you're trying not to talk about events in the future as they are exactly like i can talk about things that i think are hints towards something or imply something or say we'll get to that later like you don't have a lot to work with but then like as you go on you have like more to work with you can reference back things and like compare notes from like here to here or this happens here so this should happen here so i guess that extension makes sense uh another thing about the extension is that uh when i first started let me just um uh get it up because like uh but, but, but here we go because like when i first started like my notes were like simple phrases and words that i can reference quickly and go into there but like as it went on i basically wrote scripts like I just extended how I'm taking my notes because like for like my first note for like the first episode is just weird cat in the hat neighborhood that's like the first note for the first episode compared to um the first note of the uh, latest episode that I went over, uh, Summertime Blues, is just, uh, Blythe rushes down the dumbwaiter excited. Like, that's a bit more detail than just, like, just saying the type of neighborhood I think Blythe lived in before she moved. Also, bear in mind, like, when I say script, I'm not reading it word for word a lot of the time. Like, some of it is word for word, but, like, some of them, it's just... Blythe rushed down the dumbwaiter excited, which I could phrase in many different ways. I don't even remember how I phrased it in the episode. And, like... It's just, like, more specific detail on what happened when. And, like, having that helps because, like, like Aerosmith said, I don't want to miss a thing. Da -da -da okay, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, so basically I just... I don't want to miss a single detail because I think I was running into that problem. Although I can't remember now because, like, 
I think it was something where, like, I wanted to talk about something, but didn't put it in my notes because I think I would have remembered it, but I didn't. And then I just kind of went over it without talking about it or not talking about it as much as I want. So I wanted to, like, correct that by just, like, extending my notes so I don't miss thing. So, I mean, there's just that. Also, keep in mind that I still improvise stuff. Like, uh, the episode Door Jammed is actually, like, a pretty good example of this. Because, like, I came up with the bits of if this is your first time watching, you are not going to follow along. And, uh... The doorknob being a charm for a keychain, like right there on the recording booth, or it's not a booth. I just sit at like my computer desk and do it. But you get what I mean. Like none of that was in my notes, but those were like I think two of the funniest things in that episode. <laughs> But, like, there's, there's that. It's just, like, part of it is, like, there's more of the show I can reference in general. And part of it is I type my notes more to get more detail. Because I don't want to miss a thing. Don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss okay okay so i guess the last of the questions i have before i just go into season one proper is um uh uh how has doing this podcast changed your view on the show it has because like when you're forced to confront something and you're forced to vocalize something about it, it, like, changes your perspective a little bit. Like, all the headcanon I, like, came up with, I don't think I would have done that had I not talked about the show in general. Because, like, I didn't start it at episode one, I started it, like, a little later. I think it was, ep- yeah, it was episode three where, like, the headcanon really started. And that was just, like, oh, Blythe's an X-Men. And I just got that off of TV tropes. But then, like, when you talk about it more, you get a sense of what other things you think of and what does it mean for everything so like it's changed like that and like when you talk about it you figure out and imply more detail into it cause like it's always been just Blythe and Roger and her mom spoilers I guess does not show up in the show But, like, 
I didn't think about what that exactly meant until I was forced to confront it in Helicopter Dad. Because, like, watching that episode and seeing what that actually meant for Blythe growing up without a mom... That, like, that gave me a new thing to sympathize with. That gave me something more. And, like, it's that kind of stuff that, like, you just don't get if you just casually watch something like I do. Well, not casually, it's just, like, I usually just watch stuff with my emotions. So, I know how a show makes me feel, but I don't know why it makes me feel that way. So, I guess explaining why it makes me feel that way helps me understand why I like it more. Like, this isn't just about The Littlest Pet Shop. It's about, like, any show I watch. Like, I react to it like, this is good, this is okay, this is bad, or whatever. But I just do that. I don't have reasons until I think of them. So, there's that. But I guess, in general, it has made me appreciate more of the higher points in the series a bit more. And I guess it has also brought some things out about the not-so-good part of the show. And, like, I mean, the parts are fine, mostly. But, like, it just doesn't mix terribly well. I know I've said that before. I'll probably say it again. But, like, that's the underlining theme of The Littlest Pet Shop. It's that, like... It has good parts. It's just not entirely the sum of its parts. Because, like, like, the parts don't combine in the correct ways to make something that's out and out good. They combine in ways that, like, don't make it terrible, don't make it bad it just combines it in ways that like it's sufficient for the most part and it can be really good and it can just be really weird and sometimes it gets pretty bad but for the most part I'd say it's fine there's like a general blanket statement 
But I don't want to leave it at it's fine. So that's why I'm doing this podcast, as you no doubtedly know. Did I say no doubtedly know? I did. I'm going to just keep going because, like, I'm in that kind of mood right now. So, um, I guess that's it for, like, the question part. So, maybe I should just go over the episodes and give, like, my general feelings on both the episode itself and what I think of the podcast episode that I did. Now, I have listened to all of them multiple well I mean I I kind of have to listen to them because like that's how I kind of edit because like when I get to a point where I stop for some reason I listen over it so like that like one hour and ten minutes took at least two hours and twenty minutes in the final episode. But I have listened to them all on my own time. So I kind of know what I'm talking about. But uh, I'm not entirely sure. Because like, like some of them. There's a bit of distance between like when I listen to them again. And even when I put them out. So like. I don't know, some of them can be a bit vague, but, like, I think I'm okay for the most part. So, here we go. I really should stop using my mouse for that, because that's, that's what you hear. That's what you hear. That's the, that's the scrolling of my mouse. That's that, and this mic picks it up up even though it doesn't really matter it's still a bit annoying so I guess here we go uh Blythe's Big Adventure parts 1 and 2 so the first episode of this series like it's a decent episode I mean, it sets everything up neatly. Wow, it even, like, sets up how Roger is not always there. Because, like, he missed the second half of this episode for the most part. So he doesn't know about... He didn't know about the talent show or anything until after he got back. Like, holy crap. Yeah, thing, things make so much more sense when you actually talk about them and when you actually talk about whatever. So, let's keep going. Like, I found it amusing that, like, I kept finding things in this episode that just sound weird. Like, when you say it out loud. 
And, like, that's kind of a thing for this show in general. But I thought this episode didn't have that at first. But then I did the podcast. And then, yeah, just things got weird. That's, uh... (laughs) That's the subtitle for this show. Things got weird. I mean, yeah, I guess, um... A uh, bad hair day. Okay, so this episode, I like the B story more than I like the A story because I think the A story has been done to death. And even though it's a kids show, and you can like rehash that stuff that was done to death, because ideally kids are uh, watching this, so they're learning about this stuff for the first time. That being said, uh, like, since I know it and there's no real meaningful variation in it, uh, I didn't like it. But I like the B story a lot, and I kind of wish I could go more into it, because, I mean, this is one of the ones, the early ones, where I was like, I think I did this one in, like, 21 minutes or so. But, I mean, I really like the um, moral of it, of, like, like you, you don't really need fame to be an artist, and fame is actually kind of a hurtful thing when, like, you're pressured to do something, and, like, that just loses all of your mojo, you know, that just kind of reminds me of, uh, like, that one episode of, uh, Class of 3000, where, like, one of the kids sells their soul, and to get it back, Andre 3000 had to sell his soul, but he couldn't sing without his soul. So then uh, he got his soul back and he couldn't benefit the corporation anymore. Then Class of 3000 was pretty good. <laughs> okay, but I'm, I'm here to talk about The Littlest Pet Shop. Not, um... Uh... Class of 3000. But, yeah, I guess that sums that up. But it's still fun to just talk about again. So, uh, Gale Break. Yeah, I was mostly bored for this episode because, like, I mean, this time I knew the twist going in and last time I didn't think, well, Okay, when I say last time, and I meant the last time I watched it, which is also the first time I watched it, it's it's one of those episodes where that happened. But, like, in general, I felt bored throughout most of this episode. Like, I didn't find it very interesting. But, like, I did find it amusing that in the podcast... I started accusing everyone of being mutants. And that has stuck. 
I love how much that has stuck because there's continuing evidence for it. You know what? I think I think I did start um, uh, uh, head cannoning at uh, the first episode because like I did say Russell had super strength, but I didn't say that was because of mutant powers. I don't think I might have, but I think that might have come in later. And really, like, him having super strength has been demonstrated in that episode. So I was just saying something that was demonstrated in, but... Whatever. We go on. I also like the amount of references I made during the episode. Um... And I kind of also like the depressed tiger, even though that sounds twisted to say, but I still think that was kind of funny. So, um, next episode, Penny for Your Laughs. I got really more into this episode, I think, going around this time. I think I got a little more out of it. It's mainly where, like, the Biscuits being super powerful mutants started. And it's also, like, the beginning of my hatred for their strict adherence to gender norms comes in. Because, like, like, I felt like I really went off on, like, them resembling brat stalls more than I thought I could because like honestly I was thinking I was very kind of indifferent on the brats but like just going into it I was like really really angry at the brats for whatever reason I don't even know maybe it's like that adherence to gender norms but like I don't even know why that happened but it just happened and I kind of think it's funny uh I also like uh pepper and Penny Ling's storyline in this where um like Pepper like turns to insult comedy to develop a new shtick. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. I'll get to that. But like uh finishing what I was saying. But uh Penny Ling being like the sensitive one of the group and considerate of other people's feelings, things that these jokes might not be exactly in good taste. And I just... It's a very interesting uh, avenue of thought. Because, like, on one hand, like, at the beginning, like... Uh, Pepper's insult comedy doesn't, like, bother anyone too much. But then as the show goes on, 
Uh, like, it starts getting more hurtful and just mean. And, uh, like, that's an interesting thought, because, like, it's like, you, you can have insult humor and have it all be in good fun, but there is a point where it does go too far, so... Like, at what point do you draw that arbitrary line in the sand? Where, like, it just, like, is too far. And also in this episode, I learned um, how hard it is to say, uh, explain what a shtick is. Like... A little behind the scenes for you there. I had actually cut out uh, some uh, mistakes of me saying explain what a shtick is. But I thought that was funny. So I went back and uh, re-recorded it intentionally. But then I got tripped up on my own words. And started doing it accidentally again. <laughs> it is so fun. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm saying okay a lot because, like, I don't know, my internet went out for a bit. Luckily, I don't need internet to record, but I do need internet to upload because otherwise I can't upload. Okay, so what do we have? Next, mean isn't your color. Okay, this episode. I really liked this episode going into it, and I really liked this episode coming out of the podcast. Like, it's such an interesting idea for an episode. Like, more Blythe storyline than Penny Ling's, but I like how Blythe's story affects Penny Ling. Where, like, she's way too focused on her own problems to notice problems with Penny Ling. And that's really interesting. Where, like, you know, I learned about this in psychology where, like, teens have a, um, like, uh, a thing in their brain where they can't see how someone else can be in a situation like they can I don't remember the exact technical term but it is basically like oh there's something wrong with me that that's a huge problem no one else has this problem and yeah, it's stuff like that. I just think that's interesting. And how this whole episode is interesting. Because, like... I don't know, it deals with an aspect of... Being a kid of a single parent that, like... You don't really see terribly often I don't think I don't remember if I've seen anything like this before 
I might have, but, like, I don't know. A lot of, like, shows with kids that I can remember. Oh, wait, there is Rocket Power. Rocket Power had, like, a single dad. Man, I'm just referencing a bunch of other shows tonight. Um, I don't remember a lot of shows that did something like this. I could be wrong. It has been a while since I've seen a lot of those shows. But, like, I still think it's a very interesting concept. And also, I love, uh, like, the creation of hashtag Roger for Dream Daddy 2. Like, to explain, uh, I haven't actually really played Dream Daddy. I think I might have said that in the episode. But, like, from what I've heard, it has, like, a bunch of good dads. And since Roger is a good dad, I, I want him to be in Dream Daddy. It's It's dumb. But I love it. Okay. Enough of that. Uh, let's go to rustle up some fun. Um, that's a that's a pretty decent episode. Uh, they have some weird line choices and weird music choices with fun being fun, and uh, having that be a ska song. But, eh, like, it's not a terrible episode. It's a, it's a pretty good episode. Although it, this episode is the start of me talking about shipping in this show. And that is, like, a weird topic for me to talk about because, like... Honestly, it's just weird in this context where, like, like a lot of the ships you're going to have are interspecies. And, like, that continues through the show in some aspects. Like, actually, that stuff happens. Where, like... Like, Pepper or someone will fall in love with a thing of a different species. But, like... It's it's just weird to talk about, you know? In this context, specifically. Uh, okay. But aside from that... The episode's not bad. I like I like it. It's a fine episode. I just it's a fun episode. I mean it has fun in the title, but uh yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Hold on, I need to get some water. Okay, I'm back. Uh had some water. Ready to continue. But before I continue, I will say this podcast is definitely going to be longer than an hour. But you know what? This is a pod... This episode... This bonus episode of the podcast is just, like, where I'm supposed to be stretching my wings on this. Where, like... 
whatever comes to mind I say. So this is going to be like a rambly sort of episode, as you can tell. Because I don't have much of an outline for this like I do for actual episodes. But I can still have fun. To be honest, I wasn't even planning on like going through like all of the episodes like this, like going into this podcast, uh, this bonus episode. But like, I mean, I didn't have too many questions starting in and I didn't want this to be like a dinky 20 minute thing because it's supposed to be like a season retrospective, like 25 episodes well, 26, counting the two-parter, but 25 episodes of the podcast, for sure. Um, it's not something to sneeze at. It's not something that, like, a 20-minute whatever can cover or should cover. So, I'm just going to go on. I'm going to let it be. Let it be. So, uh, let's move on to Blythe's Crush. Uh, I really liked this episode going into it, although (laughs) it is weird and somewhat interesting that I found two separate bits of sort of racist things (laughs) in this. But, you know, otherwise the episode is... Like, pretty good. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, like... Like, the the racist things... Like, I don't think we're meant to be harmful. But I don't think that's much of an excuse. It's just... I don't know. Like, I want to like this episode still, but, like... When you say something's racist, that's a loaded gun. And that's, like... I can't say that without a caveat but like it is amusing that uh Blythe likes a guy and that Zoe is pure shipping trash and I do kind of like Esteban and his feud with Vinny and Sunil's like weird mutant powers that he can't control. But, like, honestly, like, I I can't say I like this episode wholeheartedly anymore because I found, like, stuff that can be racially offensive. One of them I didn't even know about until talking about it. But, like, that one was more, um, like, jokey in a way. So, but, like, the other thing, it is a little racially insensitive I don't I don't I don't know how to defend that one I'm not sure I could defend either of them but like oh it's it's hard you know when like 
when you want to like something, but it's it's not good in some aspect. And, uh, like, man, that's just, uh, I mean, they're not out and out being completely racist. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard. So aside from those two things, like I said, the rest of the episode, perfectly fine. In fact, pretty entertaining in general. Like I said last time, I like the Crush song that Zoe sings. And like I said before, I like the rest of the aspects of the episode. Oh, uh, one thing... <laughs> that happened because of this episode is that I somehow talked myself into watching Steel, like the Shaquille O'Neal movie. I haven't actually seen it yet, but I am going to before I die. I have to see Steel. So to explain why... Uh, I mentioned in the episode that I thought it was weird that uh, when Blythe said she got a hug, Zoe said just like in the movies. And I wanted to know and possibly watch uh, whatever movie has a ending romantic gesture that's a hug. And, um, so I listened to the Flashback Flicks podcast, and they did an episode on Steel, and they said the big romantic gesture at the end is a hug, so now I am committed to watching Steel. Like, who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? That Zoe watched is or has seen Steel starring Shaquille O'Neal. Like, I mean, I know pets can watch stuff in this uh, in this universe and comprehend it, but I, I didn't peg Zoe as someone who would enjoy watching Steel. <laughs> Although. It does bring me to another point of the podcast uh, that actually translates well into the next episode, Dumb Dumb Waiter. <laughs> no, not the next episode, the one after that. Uh, you know what? I'll pocket that for n- that episode. But um, I yeah, I'll just go over Dumb Dumb Waiter quick. Um, or I say quick. I might not do. Like so, I'm not terribly a fan of this episode. It's an alright episode. I think uh, it it gets better when doing a podcast for it and like explaining your thinking and stuff. But uh, this is also like the first episode where uh, like 
I inform you of like some behind the scenes stuff. Um, and like how all of that happens. And I left a burp in there and said I would continue and just leave it in there because I was like feeling really weird. But when I listened back to it, uh, I didn't hear the burp at all. So that just sounded weird. But like in editing, I could hear it. It was like a small burp, like an, like, I don't I can't recreate it. So, uh, other than that, like the episode itself, uh, I think is fine. It does have some weird gender division things. Ironically, I just burped again, although this time I edited it out. Even though I could barely hear it on this and probably couldn't on the upload. But whatever, it's better this way. So, yeah, about the gender division thing. Sometimes this show explores it and it doesn't do it terribly well when it's trying on an obvious setting where it seems very obvious that they're trying but um aside from that uh like I like Penny Ling in this episode I like I kind of like Minka in this episode even though like she's just traumatized by her claustrophobia but I think, like, that kind of humanizes her a bit more than just being the the random whatever manic pixie dream monkey or whatever. And so, like, stuff like that is interesting. Uh... I really dug Roger uh, getting into the classics. <laughs> I thought that was uh, pretty fun. Um, I don't think I have much else to say on this episode. Um, yeah, so uh, Eve of Destruction. Uh, unpocketing the thing I pocketed. Uh, I think since doing this podcast... Uh, I realized just how deep of a character Zoe actually can be or is. Because, like, uh, like, her watching Steel, first off, I didn't know about that until just now, but, like, uh, like, just her in this episode, she doesn't, like, like, really like uh like the pet show scene entirely she just hates losing and like hates losing in an area where she thinks she can win because like she likes fashion she likes showing off and she likes all that other stuff but I'm not sure if uh, she entirely likes fa- like 
being in fashion shows on a competitive level. I think she likes doing it for fun, and this episode starts us on that. Uh, This episode is also pretty well done, actually. I like all of the moving parts to it and how it culminates in something interesting. And uh, Mrs. Twombly just uh, freaking out and going on a rampage. I'm on a rampage. Da, 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 da. I'm on a rampage. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, as for the episode itself, I get a little more detail into my personal life. Well, not not really, because I don't I don't put my hands in guacamole, but like I explain why I would. That just came out, by the way. Like, I didn't have that written down. I was like, I really just like how she acted that part. And then it just, like, came out like that. (laughs) And, like, I talked about it so much, like, trying to explain it afterwards. Um. That it had to just be the name of the episode. Like, there's no other way. (laughs) There's no other good thing that that episode could have been titled. Uh, so now we are on uh, books and covers. Uh, the, the pet side is alright. It's just weird and indulgent in like its ridiculous aspect. But when done right uh like the goofy stuff can actually be kind of entertaining and this is pretty entertaining if i do say so myself even if it is ultimately pointless it was still kind of fun although it wasn't entirely ultimately pointless because we found out that alka is hiding in plain sight in the universe of the pet shop i just think that's fun anyway um uh the the thing about uh, Blythe and the mathlete team and the biscuits. Uh, like that bit. Like it's a good, but also not good thing. Cause like, like I mean, like it's very interesting, and I like like the whole thing with the biscuits using like code to be secret math geniuses but like and I get like the thing of like don't count on someone who's unreliable like the biscuits are because they're they're just terrible people but like I'm still mad that Blythe got punished for that it's not on the biscuits being unreliable it's you not knowing your student has a polyester allergy it's you not trusting one of your top students when she says something is up it's just it's just insane like they're actually good at this you shouldn't 
that's the whole that's the whole point of the bet. It's not whether or not they win, it's whether or not they can be trusted. And for this they could be trusted, except Whitney or Brittany, I Brittany, it was Brittany. I cannot tell the difference between these two. Because it's they're just basically the same human. That is terrible. Okay. Oh, jeez. Like, like, it's not an unreliable thing. It's just... They are, like... I don't know. It's just... It's just dumb. It's just dumb. Although I really... <laughs> I I am kind of a fan of like how I cupheaded it. Oh, that that's the second time I did that noise this episode. <laughs> okay, I am still annoyed at that though. I don't even know. Uh, so next episode, so you skink, you can dance. This episode got weirder when I had to focus on it. <laughs> like, like, Blythe is forced into doing a show because she bought a dress from the gift shop. That's a little, little creepy, don't you think? And, like, Benny learning the sad truth of Hollywood. And, uh... Like, meeting some lizard friends who help him get back on his feet. That's a really interesting, really good narrative. But then at the same time, there's Blythe being forced onto a TV show. <laughs> like, forced. She was desperate to not be on the show. But she was. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. There's a... Uh, there's a whole heck of a lot. Uh, I, I do like how uh, Roger is best dad pilot, though. And that's demonstrated in this. Uh, okay. Next we have... Lights, camera, mongoose. Uh, this episode... I think it's a fine episode. Um, like, I, it is one of those things where it's one of those stories that's kind of been done to death, but I don't mind it as much like I did in, uh... Bad Hair Day. I also think it's very funny that, like, no one wants Sunil to bend reality. Like, if I had that power, I would use it left and right. Until maybe Professor X came up to me and said, No, that is a bad thing. You need to learn to control your power. And to be fair, I think Sunil does need to learn to control his powers. But uh it's interesting that no one wants him to do it. 
Uh, let's see. I think Sharuk is kind of funny. And <laughs> I like uh, the the makeup people, actually. Or the makeup person. I think there's only one makeup person. Uh, let's see. I mean, I guess this is also the episode where I talked about systemic speciesism. Which, I mean, is not as serious as systemic racism, obviously. I just think it's a bit funny and a bit weird that Blythe can't tell two mongies apart and the studio executives can't tell two different mongies apart. It's just... It's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know. Okay, so trading places. Speaking of weird, oh boy, this episode got a lot weirder talking about it. Like, this went on for like 56 minutes about how weird this episode is. And, like, as a weird episode, it's good. But as a Good episode, um, I don't know if I'd say that. It's a fine episode. I like the thing with Zoe and Penny Ling and Digby. That's an interesting, uh, plot. Uh, but, like, Russell hiding in Blythe's backpack and the janitor and, like, oh, goodness, there's, like, Russell's supposed to be smart, but he did not think any of that through. Like, holy shamoli. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just, I've said a lot in this episode, and like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a strange, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm still confused as to how these pets know who Cyrano de Bergerac is. Like, how is that a reference that they can pull off? <laughs> like, I'd expect that reference from Archer, not the littlest pet shop. Like, it's a very strange reference. So, speaking of references... I'm on a roll with these segues. I have a shirt that says that. Buy that from the True Green 7 store. Uh, okay, topped with buttercream. Like, this is the Lord of the Flies episode. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Flies. But, like... I mean, this is kind of a better version of it. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Uh like Ah man, like that's really like the only thing that sticks out for me. Like it's Lord of the Flies. I mean, I guess it introduces us to buttercream. It gives us the great vocal harmony song. And this is also the episode where I started doing stingers. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it also introduced us to Aunt Christie, who is both a mutant in the timeline of the show and a Lord of Darkness in this timeline. All hail. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a... It's a it's an all right episode, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I also yeah, no, just thinking about it now, I I also go into some like gender different stuff in this episode too. But like more generally, but like, I mean, I am talking about stuff in the episode. So, uh, next episode, Sweet Truck Ride. I like this episode a lot, but it's dumb. It is so dumb, but I love it. I love how dumb this is. I love the fact that the pets drive a truck off twice. It is amazing the amount of stupidity that these pets have. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and uh, I love uh, Sugar Sprinkles. She is. Uh, <laughs> she is a treat. If I say so myself. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh man. And like Roger. In this episode is so good. So good. Like, him and Buddy. Just like, oh, oh man. That is so good. Like, he lovingly looks into Buddy's eyes when Buddy falls. It's, oh, I can't, I can't say it. Roger, just too pure. Speaking of Roger, we have Helicopter Dad. I... I am seriously really good at this. So, uh, yeah, Helicopter Dad. Like I said, this this is, like, the most changed I've felt on an episode. And I think I said why earlier. Where it's like, when you're forced to actually confront the situation, uh, like, your idea of the situation changes. And, uh, like... Roger just, uh, like, wanting to be there for Blythe, and Blythe kind of getting annoyed with him. Even though it's unclear if everyone else is annoyed with him. Even though he says, I'm what you kids would have called a player. (laughs) Like, honestly, that should have, like, gotten uh Blythe just like so many bullies but it it seems the opposite happened and everyone loves dad <laughs> uh okay and like the howdy do song and the thing at the end is just so good uh Oh man, like the I, like the the A story of this episode 
is really good. The B episode is all right. Not the B episode, the B story of the episode. But whatever. The B story of the episode is, you know, it's all right. It's it's fine. Uh, like Minka trying to befriend a tortoise. Like, it's eh. Could have been done better, but like that A story really makes up for it. Cause like, man, that that got really deep for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So next episode, what's in the batter? Uh, this episode, uh, it's a pretty good episode. Like, it's a fun episode. I really, I, I just like it. I don't know how much I can say about it. I mean, I did question why a lot of the good moments, uh, like, don't involve pets. I did love making fun of the biscuits at every turn. Uh, and they're just, like, depraved nature. And, uh, I mean, I did get a chance to bring back uh, Cup Blythe and Mug Me. Even though I didn't say Mug Me in the episode. Mug Me is so good. I love Mug Me. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. You know what? Um, I guess I can say this now. Uh, I wanted to put, like, the electronic song they had, uh, or the instrumental song. I don't know. Like, they had in the, um, previous bonus episode for, like, the song countdown or overview, but, like, I don't know. I couldn't really find it anywhere. It wasn't listed on the tracks. So, uh, yeah. But, like, it's a fine episode, you know? It's a pretty good episode. It's, um, it is what it is. I like it. So, now move on to what did you say? And, uh, yeah, this episode also gets a tad odd. Uh, I go full Grand Unified Theory in the Stinger. And, uh, like, I do question the whole process of animal-like sentience in these, uh, pets and just like see where it goes and see what other things happen uh so yeah that got a tad weird and um like yeah no i i also in this episode uh learn a lot about Blythe, mostly from headcanon, but like I said, like, I still like the show, even with headcanon, 
without headcanon, but the headcanon makes it a bit more interesting. And, like, Blythe just having an overwhelming sense of loneliness uh, really makes this uh, interesting. And, like, it really develops her character a bit. Uh, let's see. And, like, the thing with Vinny, that's a pretty good storyline. Uh, and, like, the thing with Alice at, uh, near the end of it, it was, uh, that was so delightful. Oh, man. I, I can't believe. Like, how, like, I go into so much in that episode. It's just, it's just interesting. Uh, Bakers and Fakers. Yeah, this is just another weird episode. It's a perfectly serviceable weird episode. I mean, you know what? No, it's a good weird episode. Um... Yeah, like, the biggest thing I did in the podcast episode is just complain about English. But in my defense, badminton is really, really terribly spelled. Really terrible that you spell badminton that way. No. No English. Bad English. Uh, whatever. Uh... It is, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I don't really have much to say about it, but, like, it's just fun, you know? (laughs) Uh, The Biscuits trying to disguise themselves. Oh, man, that was, that was fun. Oh, man, there's so many fun things about this episode. It's just a fun episode. So, but what's not fun is the episode Terriers and Tiaras. Oh, boy, this episode. Uh, <laughs> okay, Um, there's no good way around that. So, I talked about how evil everything in this episode is and I tried justifying Blythe's immediate heel and immediate face turn at the end but like I mean this goes more into Zoe's um like dislike for actual competition and instead like just likes doing these things for fun but like Honestly, like, this episode, I don't know, like, the the podcast, like, I'm going to be honest, recording and soon after I put this episode out, I was afraid of myself. Like, what was I going to do next with the show? But, like, this is just, like, a bad episode, and so, like, I had to, like, really delve into it to like make it somewhat palatable even if it meant going insane along with it and boy did I go insane with the 
whole lingering biscuit thing. Uh, uh, there's just, this episode is just kind of not good. Although, no, no, it's just not good. It's just not good. I don't, I don't like it at all. Okay, um, so next we have lots of luck. Uh, I like, uh, I like the A story just fine of, like, Pepper trying to impress her comedy idol. And, uh... Like, the whole thing of, like, trying to impress people and, like, passing the torch, as I mentioned, it's a, it's a very good thing. And, like, it's done really well, actually. Like, I like Old Bananas as a character. I like... Pepper and Russell's interactions with this. And just, like, Pepper being desperate to amuse him and everyone else, eventually. Uh, like, it it really drives home, like, a good, serious point. A serious point undermined by the fact that this episode also introduced... Kung Fu quilting into this show. Like, I don't... What? Uh, oh, jeez, Louise. Like, this is still befuddling to me. Like, but... it It's a thing called Kung Fu quilting, and it's a serious thing in the show. Why? Like, why? Why is that a thing? It's... Like, the explanation they give kind of makes sense. But, like, it, it just, like, there's something about kung fu quilting that, like, I can't completely take seriously. And, like, even, like, the serious stuff from the A story kind of bleeds into this story. And it would have been, like, fine, but, like... Kung Fu quilting! How is that not weird? How does that pass inspection? How does, like, someone look at, like, the script and say, this is fine? I don't know. I do not know. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. So, so we go on to Door Jammed. Uh... Yeah, this is just, like, a kind of weird, kind of interesting uh, episode. We learn uh, how the Biscuits' powers exactly work, more or less. And uh, we learn that there's a charm for a Keyblade in this uh, universe. And, uh, like... Russell being accused of being a werewolf and the whole werewolf paranoia thing is is kind of funny. And basically Thriller happened. 
So, all in all, it's a fine episode. It's a fine, fine episode, but, like, you know, there are better episodes. It's perfectly good, though. So, moving on to Frenemies. Um, like, no, wait, no, I'm actually going to back up to Door Jammed a bit. Um, I'm not sure if Russell's a good person, though, because, like, he keeps exacerbating the situation and then immediately wants the situation to calm down. That's not how things work, Russell. That's not how things work. Uh, yeah, other than the, yeah, everything else I applied. So, frenemies now. (laughs) Um, like, honestly, I was surprised I was able to get, like, a good feminist rant out of this episode. Because, like, it is one of those things where, like... It's either not trying to do that or it's being very subtle with it. And either way, I found it. So I'm either good at finding things that aren't there or just very well hidden when I'm talking about something. So, yeah, the whole thing with... uh, like feminism and what it means to be female and all of that. I think that's like a good positive for this episode. And like it kind of explains uh, Zoe and Pepper's friendship in greater detail. And it kind of adds depth to uh, those two as well as Penny Ling. And it kind of adds a little bit of depth to... Well, not the feminism thing. That's just kind of their thing. For this episode. For other episodes, it could be Minka. It could be Blythe. It could be whatever. But, like, this episode also adds, like, a bit of depth to Vinny. Where he loses his tail for the first time. And, like, just seeing him in that situation. uh, Like it's an interesting way to develop his character and uh, figure out like what he, what he has to do now. And um, yeah, although Blythe is kind of ignorant at first, uh, she does solve the problem eventually. And I mean, in general, uh, this episode has like a few weird things. But, like, at the same time, I can't help but like it because, like, it promotes feminism. But an episode with a lot of weird things is definitely Blythe's pet project. That, that's just weirdness encapsulated in, in this season, at least. It's, um, it's just weird. It has, uh, the Lost and Found box. It has My Small Squirrel. It has Mrs. Trombley being blind and mistaking a pregnant woman for Russell. It's, like, 
a lot of this episode just has like a bunch of weird stuff. And like it's fun, but like it almost feels like it's too weird at some points. Although, um I do like the idea of like developing the the headcanon of uh the human like evolution slowly or at least speeding up in this instance uh coming to all pads and uh like shivers is a fine character i don't know it's just like this is just a really bizarre episode probably the weirdest of the season if i had to say something about that so uh the last episode uh summertime blues like honestly without the head cannon it's a pretty good episode with the head cannon it's a really good episode and like i don't know i honestly really like this episode more than i thought i did i i thought this was going to be okay I mean, I haven't really seen it too much, unlike some of the other episodes of the series. But, like, I don't know. This is just, like, more interesting and better than I thought it was going to be. It's uh, delightful. It has some really good jokes. Although it does do some serious stuff as well. And, I don't know. It, it balances itself, which is, like, really good. And, like, just... Just seeing how Blythe, how far Blythe has come in a season of uh, this is really, uh, really heartwarming. Uh, I guess if I had to add another question to the question thing and go back into that for a little bit, is like just a question about like the head cannon and stuff like how did i come up with it and stuff i mean i just like talk off the top of my head or write notes down or whatever and it just comes to me in that sense but i mean what do i think of it i think it's like really interesting like it's really interesting that i can get like that much uh stuff out of like this show like like I mean the show on its own is a fine show like I said not good not bad not even middling it's just like weird but like when you plug a bunch of headcanon into it I don't know it makes it more interesting and a bit better and uh, a bit more fun at times. Uh, so I've been going for like over an hour and a half, which means three hours for editing time at least. A lot more so actually, but like whatever. So yeah, like I said, uh, I'm going to be starting a new job uh next week or on the ninth rather and um 
So uh, I'm going to try to get the podcast on a new schedule. I'm not 100% sure on what that's going to be. But I am going to aim to record on Friday and maybe upload it for Saturday. So um, if that doesn't happen, something else will happen. I don't know. But uh, that should be it for this bonus episode of the Littlest Petcast. And it should be it for bonus episodes for a while for the Littlest Petcast. Because now we are delving down into Season 2 with the episode Missing Blythe. So, um... Be sure to leave a comment and review on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they don't want to miss a thing, don't want to close my eyes, don't want to fall asleep because I'd miss you, baby, and I don't want to miss a thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> We're good. We are good.